0: Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest. Her name is Braca Getz. And she's a Harvard-educated author of 40 books that help children's souls shine. And she has a candid memoir for adults about overcoming food addictions. And the amazing thing about this book is it helps you do it joyfully And spiritually, welcome, Braca.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Now let me ask a dumb question: What is a Harvard grad writing picture books for children?
1: Yes, I love that question. (laughs) So, um, actually, the thing is, I never grew up. I, I, I have the same sense of curiosity and wonder that I had as a child. And I still think in that way. So when I write as a six-year-old character, I'm in that mindset. It's, it's not hard for me to get into that mindset. But the thing is that I wanted to write books that I wished I had as a child. Books that helped help souls to shine. Books that help people, little people recognize from the very beginning that they're spiritual beings, so they don't have to play catch up the rest of their lives. They can, they can get spiritual wisdom early on and engrave it on their soul.
0: Well I've got to applaud you for that. I I think you'd have to be on the dark side of the moon to realize not to realize that comic books have taken off. I mean, when I was a child, I used to read comic books all the time. And then they fell out of favor. I mean, what you're reading a comic book was was something that people now comic books are like oh my god they have all these comic festivals and uh these other things so comic books have really been and i think the same thing about children's books i mean children books are something we start with children and you know when my grandchildren come over at least some of them the first thing they do before they do anything else is go to our bookshelf to read the books that are there and to me that is wonderful and marvelous because those books are the the path to a new journey it's a path to a new a new place and without those they'll never find this magical world out there
1: exactly i i remember when i was in third grade it began i wrote a poem about books And they read it in front of like the PTA. They had a meeting of all the parents. It was about how books take you everywhere. You just go on that journey. You know, I call it beyond magic where you can go just from reading a book. Exactly. Did
0: did you keep that poem around someplace?
1: I think I still have it.
0: (laughs) Well, make sure you have it because. Uh, Anytime you do an interview, I think you should read it to people because (laughs) that truly is the magic of books. I mean, how many people read books just to escape? How many people read books to take them on journeys and places they'd never be? One of my mentors used to say, poor people have rich, have big TVs, rich people have big libraries. So, so yeah. I, I think it's important for people to cultivate that love of books and that love of libraries that they should have.
1: Wow. And and I want to tell you the, the secret about picture books is it gets to every single age because the youngest children read it. Then the parents are reading the books to the children and grandparents so you can reach And teenagers, they pick up the books when no one's around and they absorb the messages, too. So basically, children's books, picture books are the only books that can reach every age with their message.
0: You know, just the other day, we found an old book that we had that also incorporated sound in it. So these Mm -hmm. old books used to have a battery in it and. They had a little picture of a tambourine or a a drum or a harmonica and every place that it was, of course, you had to play that instrument. So it was not only just a visual and and wording thing. It was also a tactile and feeling thing as well. So, so, you know, I, I don't think those books exist anymore. But the thing is, it's amazing what a book can do for kids to take them on that journey.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a wondrous journey for life. Yeah.
0: So let's go through some of your books and some of the titles that you have, and maybe you can share some more with us on that.
1: Sure. Like it was during the pandemic that a mother called me up desperately, please write a book for children about why, Junk food is so bad for them. why, how they can increase how they can, in other words, improve their immune systems, um, exercise all these things that children need so much. My background is in science i even as an undergraduate at Harvard, I was taking courses at the Harvard Medical School and the Harvard School of Public Health because this is what fascinates me the mind body connection and The mind, body and soul connection is what I eventually connected with. So let's stay healthy is what came out. She asked me to write this book. I said, I would love to write a book like that. I'm just not sure how to do it. I go to sleep. And a few nights later, this is when ideas come to me early in the morning when it's still dark out and I keep a pad by my bed and I I wake up, I scribble it down I called her up. I said, I have the title. I have the whole book, how to do it, you know? It just comes down like rain. Um, we really, we're really just channels, you know. So that's it. It comes down, and I got how to write this book. It's a boy explaining in, in a lot of my books, the children are empowered to share with other children what they've learned. So he explains when we when we um eat food that's junk food it actually i mean soda oh my goodness we would not water a plant with soda because in a few days it'll die you know but yet we give it to our children it's it's it it is so damaging for our bodies and i i try to explain how the foods like sugar oh my goodness what causes disease is inflammation. So when we eat junk food chronically, it causes chronic inflammation. That's how disease happens. Our bodies, when we put in a foreign substance, like the chemicals made in a lab, like let's say we eat um, orange flavored tangy taffy instead of an orange. So, I mean, our bodies don't know what to do with it. They go, oh my gosh, what are you giving me? In other words, the blood vessels become inflamed just as if when you cut yourself and everything gets inflamed to try to fight and help out, our bodies don't know what to do. So we get drained, drained of the calcium, drained of our good nutrients, because that's the only way we can absorb these foreign substances that are not made in nature. The junk food is designed to be delicious and addictive. While the natural foods are designed to be delicious and nutritious, totally different
0: yeah you know i I know food scientists are sitting in the laboratory right now and saying, "How are we going to debunk that sort of thinking and and they're thinking, "How can we make people?" even more addicted to the foods that we produce? How are we even going to get them to consume more of the things? And food scientists actually have have figured that out to a large extent, and they do make them addictive.
1: Exactly. It's, it's greed. It's It's greed that's motivating them versus an apple or an orange is made with infinite loving kindness and infinite wisdom. And what makes these addictive food products is greed and selfishness. It's it's not for our benefit. the The experience of pleasure is so fleeting from here to here. And then it has from just from when we put it in our mouth, in our taste buds, and when it gets past there, we're not experiencing pleasure anymore. So it's so fleeting. And instead, we have to the The way to overcome food addictions joyfully is to bring on greater and more lasting pleasures than that fleeting pleasure that the addictive food creates
0: now that's 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 pretty wise wisdom so let's bring this back to your children's books and how you put that message in children's books so children can understand it and and bring it into their culture and into their minds.
1: Exactly. The, the the secret in both with both adults and with children, it takes 400 repetitions to farm to form new synapses in the brain. But if we do it joyfully, 10 to 20 repetitions and we've got the new habit down. That's how we create good new habits like exercise. We I express these deep concepts in a joyful way, clear and joyful, and children can absorb them readily. And that's how they create new good habits like exercise. Our bodies were designed to move. Even teenagers that read the book, they said to me, I didn't understand before why sleep is important. Teenagers don't want to go to sleep just like children, but they understand. Watch yourself. The book explains when you wake up the next day after a good night of sleep, you feel great. You feel happy. Look at the difference between how you feel when you don't have enough sleep. And they get it. They try that experiment and they see that they really feel different. We These are things, that if we are good to our immune systems, the better we are to our immune systems, the better our immune systems can help to protect us. And we saw that during the pandemic, that those who had Stronger immune systems didn't have the same reaction at all. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. I, I have a book about swimming safely, I, you know, all kinds of things like also prevention of abuse of children. Because if we don't have healthy bodies, if we don't protect our bodies, our souls can't shine. It's essential. So, to me, all of my books, those that focus on spirituality and those that focus on keeping our bodies healthy they're all about helping our souls to shine as brightly as possible
0: i see you also have one on let's appreciate everyone which i'm sure is about diversity and equality and inclusion is it not yes
1: yes it's 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 teaching children how to interact more effectively with with children who are neurodiverse those that have disabilities, because really they want to, but they don't know how. No one ever explained what to do. A very basic thing here is children, or no, the normal response when a child sees another child with a visible disability is to stare. And that makes sense. They're curious. There's another five letter word that also begins with S. If you add your smile, you could still stare, but with a smile, it changes everything. Then you create a connection between that person and yourself. You create a bond through the smile. So I, I also have all kinds of guidelines in here. Very basic. If you meet another child in a wheelchair, sit down so you're on the same level. If the child is deaf, speak slowly So, they can read your lips or give them a picture or write them a message. And let's say, um, let's say you, a child that's blind, always introduce yourself, say who you are. And when you're leaving, say, you're going now, I'm going. And also, let's say you meet a child with a non visible disability. Usually, a child might be sitting on the side, not playing a game. So go over, ask if they want to join in, and they may not want to, but they'll still feel good that you asked. I I just give guidelines so you know how to be more effective in interactions.
0: Well, that's huge, and and I think it's important for all of us to realize those interactions are important and we have a responsibility as human beings to be uh, to include people in our groups and to although people may be different not exclude them to the point that they are hurting that they are feeling that they're not belonging
1: exactly children with disabilities are the loneliest children and they usually don't get invited to play dates or to birthday parties like other children. So as the more we can be inclusive and learn how to be inclusive effectively, the better for everybody, for for those who are not neurodiverse and those that are.
0: Okay. I want to turn the page now. And (laughs) I want to go to your book for adults on over on how to overcome eat overeating joyfully.
1: Yes. Okay, great. This is the only book I wrote for adults because I love to write things, short things. I like to explain things simply as possible. And this book, I don't like to write a whole long book. But I didn't exactly write it. I compiled it. It's a case study. I took excerpts from my diaries and journals and letters, and I filled in the missing pieces. It's from ages 12 to 32 of my journey. My journey. So you see me gradually developing food addictions and then how I healed from it. And it's extremely candid. People say it's very raw. Like when I go into the binges, you're there with me. It's a horrible experience. And you actually feel how imprisoned a person is when they have an addiction.
0: You know, it's tough when people uh, have an addiction and and food addiction is like any uh, anything else. And. Uh, it, it's, it's an addiction. And so, you know, a person has an urge, and they have to fill that hole. And it goes on and on and on. And, you know, there are people that binge eat. And then there are people that cause themselves to to throw up right after. And there are people that just eat for all the wrong reasons. They eat because they're happy. They eat because they're sad. You know, emotional eating is a large part of what we do in this day and age. We don't consume food because we're hungry. We consume it because of all those other things going on in our lives.
1: Exactly. And I want to say that we don't, I just want to say that we don't we're not consuming food because we're physically hungry. We're consuming it because we are genuinely hungry, but it's not a physical hunger. Once we've had a good, healthy meal and we still keep going and we finish the whole tub of ice cream or the whole box of chocolate chip cookies. It's not because we're physically hungry. There is like you said, there is an emptiness within and the more we feel that emptiness the the more we try to fill it with externalities we try to fill up that hole but it's not a physical hole so it'll never fill it it's a spiritual hole our our we have starving souls and unless we recognize that we're not going to be able to to really get the fulfillment that we're all craving
0: yeah that's huge brenda Now, Brenda, again, I'm going to turn the page. Okay. This show is called the How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. So, Braca Getz, how do you live a fantastic life?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, what I discovered is something from ancient mystical wisdom. It's not coming out of my brain here. How to Live a Fantastic Life. The purpose for life, what I was searching for for years and finally found, is that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible and that blew me away. It sounds hedonistic, but it isn't it's it's that we're all, we all want lasting pleasure that's why we just keep eating and eating and eating. Why? Because we want the pleasure to keep lasting that we experience, so we can the the pleasure ladder shows that there's five rungs. And these five rungs correspond to the five levels of the human soul. The lowest level of pleasure are all the sensual, natural sensual pleasures. The natural foods, being in nature, music, dancing, moving. All of these things bring us natural pleasure. And what's higher than that? Love. Love is not waiting for someone to come into your life it's focusing on the virtues of another what do you appreciate about someone else anybody could do this these five levels are totally empowering we can bring them into our lives at any moment to have a fantastic life that's it so bring in bring in all the natural physical pleasures focus on the virtues of another number 3 do something positive and meaningful four do something creative add creativity when we're doing something creative, we don't feel like eating or sleeping. We're in this zone of tremendous pleasure. And the highest level is transcendence. That's when we transcend our limitations. We do something new. We break a bad habit. We make a tiny crack. We transcend the limitations. We we transcend the differences between us. We see how we're all connected. And we're all connected to the same source energy. So... All of these pleasures are available to us at every moment, and there's only one price tag to pay, and that's gratitude. Gratitude is what gets us to every single rung of pleasure.
0: Yeah, I've always said that gratitude is one of the golden pearls in my book. And golden pearl, I forget the number of it. It's one of the primary ones. And you shouldn't only say thank you. You should do acts of gratitude as well. And that means you should physically do acts every day and, and literally do something for somebody else that you wouldn't regularly do. That is something that's selfless you should do that on a regular uh a regular basis and if you do you will i think that will help you get to a higher level if if you uh will let it
1: exactly that's the spiritual nourishment that we're craving just like you said every day We need physical nourishment and we need spiritual nourishment. This is what gives us that, that nourishment, all these types of pleasures. And it's all filled with gratitude. Every moment that we're experiencing gratitude, we're not being miserable. So fill up the days with gratitude.
0: Yeah, And to our listeners, one of the things I offer to everybody that's listening on the show is a free 15-minute discovery call so I can help you with a problem or problems in your life. I offer that regularly, and you can get that just by writing my assistant, Tammy, T-A-M-I, at lyca, L-Y-C-K-A, dot C-A. I would love to help you with some of the problems in your life, like I've helped thousands of others. And again, I offer that freely with no obligation. And that's something I love to offer to all of our listeners so people can have a fantastic life like I have.
1: So beautiful. This is great what you're doing. I love it.
0: You know, it's little acts of kindness that makes the difference. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, Braca, but the world out there is not a friendly place anymore. It's changed. And there's a lot of evilness going on. And in my book, I read about two wolves, um, which is a Navajo legend. And in those two wolves, there's a good wolf and a bad wolf. And a little boy asks his master, which wolf is going to win? And the master says, the one that you feed. Well, I want to be feeding the good wolf every time I get a chance to.
1: Yes, yes. And that's what gratitude does. Gratitude feeds the good part of us. Exactly. It makes us stronger. And that's all we need to have a fantastic life.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's the small things we do that make all the difference. Abraka, we are almost at the end of our time zone. Can you please tell us how we can get in touch with you, uh, get your books, and how we can find out more about your world?
1: Oh, well, my children have created the Gets Bookshop. It's the, It's the best place to go to contact me to find all my books. So that's where I'm sending you getsbookshop.com and can you spell
0: gets please because you know it sounds different than it's written
1: thank you so much it's g-o-e-t-z getsbookshop.com yeah
0: okay mm-hmm. bracket I can't tell you how much fun I had today and now how much joyous this was. And I hope our listeners have had as much fun as we've had on this show.
1: Thank you so very much.
0: You're so welcome. And to our listeners, again, if you would like to find out more of what I offer, I'm a public speaker. I'm a, um, I also do coaching and I have a lot of other services on my site. My website is Dr. D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A dot com. And on my site, you can sign up for a free golden pearl each and every week to make your week special and amazing. So please subscribe. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now.